Thank you for calling Benefevolent Insurance. For the protection of your privacy, you will be required to answer the following security questions. Ah, oh boy. Here we go. First, please say or enter your social security number. Um. Now, please say or enter the sum of the digits in your social security uh, number. Let's see. Uh, 14, 17. Divided by your birth year. Uh, 1601. Please say or enter the size of your paternal grandmother's wedding dress. If you do not have a paternal grandmother, please contact our Temporal Paradox hotline. If your paternal grandmother never married, please call our Security Reset hotline to set a different security question for your protection. Oh, for the love If you need to call your paternal grandmother to verify this information, the system will grant you 20 seconds to do so. If you need to hang up, you will be routed back to the beginning of this process and given level 2 security questions for your protection. Your time begins now. Jesus, do I even still have a landline? Uh, here. Oh, God. Uh, rotary dial? Are you kidding? Hello? Hi, Graham. I don't have much time. Can you please tell me what size your wedding dress was? Grandma, wedding dress size, now! Oh god, 11! I wore a size 11! Thank you, I love you, bye. Your entry was invalid. What? No! Just kidding. Next, a starving lion has been dispatched to your home. This lion is wearing a collar inscribed with a 12-digit pin. You will be given 55 minutes to subdue or eliminate this lion and enter the 12-digit pin. Your time begins now. There's a starving lion at the door. Yeah, that's for me. It's alright. It's for my protection. This is the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast. Episode 154 featuring Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham with Mark Bosco and the Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. We got this um, fan club thing that we just started. Yeah, that's kind of the big news this week. That's kind of the awesomest thing I've ever seen. It's pretty fucking badass, dude. I'm not going to lie. I've been working with our pal Vishal, the incredibly talented Vishal Bharadwaj, uh, the, the graphic artist extraordinaire. And inventor of dick bats. Yes, inventor of dick bats and sayer of three. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we love him for so many reasons. We really do. And the, the primary reason is this, mm-hmm. which uh, will is all over our website. We, yeah. will, we will link you to it if, if you haven't seen it yet. What, what we're doing is we need to raise some funds for our annual gathering in Emerald City Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And we hate just asking for money. That's so crass and terrible. Yeah, if you'll recall last year, we felt so bad about it that we stopped doing it. Right. But we did offer stuff last year, and I thought, let's do something a little different this year. Let's do a fan club. Yeah. And I worked with Vichelle, and we, we got this until it was exactly right. I don't think he's returning my calls anymore just because I was a little, you know. Mm-hmm. No, no, change this. No, do this. <laughs> I told him what we're going for is sort of a uh, golden age of radio sort of 40s vibe, and he really yeah. captured that. But I told him, watch uh, Dick Tracy, watch The Rocketeer. And so what he came back with when he watched The Rocketeer was a logo for Jennifer Connelly's boobs. 
which, while admittedly, does need a logo. Yeah. I, really I, probably not for us. No. Well, I mean, you guys would have to contribute money to our legal fund, basically. That's true. Do you Otherwise, think we could get Jennifer Connelly from the early 90s? Well, yeah, that's the thing. She's had reduction surgery since then. So you'd yeah. have to get her from the early 90s. Mm. I, you know, it hurts their back or whatever. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, uh, who cares? Boobs. <laughs> In any case, <laughs> we have, we have a fan club. Here's the coolest thing. We got, we got merchandise. We get t-shirts. Yep. We get lunch boxes. The coolest thing is actually the thing you get for donating almost no money, which is a fucking decoder ring, a, yeah. a, a working decoder ring. I was actually shocked when I found out we could do this. Yep. Well, our pal Tidro, who can do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Has, has been working on this, and apparently we will have decoder rings. Yeah. So check so it out. take that everyone else ever. Yeah. So we have a whole, and, and we promise not to buzz market Ovaltine. I mean, yeah. Well, I promise. Apparently Matt's hesitant on that subject. <laughs> I was trying to remember if I've actually ever had Ovaltine. Um, and the answer is no. Okay. Have you had Yoohoo? No. Good. Good man. Well done, you. Is it, it's not like, it's not chocolate milk, right? It's, imagine if you made chocolate milk only instead of making it with milk, you made it with water. I've done that. <laughs> well, then that's you who, and I think Ovaltine. No, well, that's fucking terrible. <laughs> they should call it round team. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. Gold, Jerry, gold. Anyway, we don't want to harp on this. We just wanted to mention we do have a, a fan club. We do have yep. a fundraiser. Uh, also, I did what I said I was going to do. I locked off the archives. Yeah. Everything prior to episode 140-something, mm-hmm. 130-something. I don't remember where I cut it off. But uh, it, it's all gone. You have to give us money to get to it. And yeah. the fact that I locked it off two months ago and nobody noticed means, you know, you don't actually want it anyway. But, but this, this way, new listeners wandering in won't accidentally click on episode one and go, oh, my God, this is terrible. Yeah. I mean, you know, we really should do a whole fresh take on Mr. Limpet, because I think we could do much better now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Of course, it's been a while since I've seen the movie, but I I bet it's still on on YouTube. At this point, I have... Oh, I own the movie, actually. Do you really? I found the DVD for, like, a buck at some farmer's market or Amish market or Amish farmer. I think an Amish farmer made it for me. (laughs) Made it it out of Lutherans. (laughs) Well, he nailed it to the door. (laughs) This, this DVD he Actually, carved he out of wood. Actually, he just nailed a fish that kind of looks like Don Knotts to the door. <laughs> well, really, all fish look like Don Knotts because they have those lips. Yeah. I feel like I feel like re- revisiting Mr. Limpet is something we need to do for our, like, 50th anniversary. <laughs> like 50-year anniversary? Yeah, 50-year anniversary. So, in 2059, yep. I will still be doing this. I assume you will be, too. I'm sure. Uh, but, well, I was going to say... My, unless my throat has been taken by robots. Uh, robots don't want your throat. I wish you would stop, like... They're not interested, Matt. No Robot, matter how come much... here. Take this throat. Look, every time you go down to, to Little Robopolis, and you're out there just flashing your neck, like taking your scarf off, sticking your neck out, and saying, Ooh, look at me, boys! They don't care. They are not clamoring for your throat. They just, Listen, they don't I'm care. I'm gonna lose me a throat, and I'm gonna gain me a rich robot husband. Have they uh, have they made uh, robot gay marriage legal in Canada? I mean, robot marriage is legal and gay marriage right. is legal, but robot gay marriage is completely out of the question. I, see, that's what I thought. They feel like it ruins the sanctity of of uh, robot marriage. Well, 
Robots are sanctimonious, if nothing else. Yeah, that's true. They're constantly nailing DVDs that look like fish to people's doors. (laughs) Here's the thing. You can trace the lineage of fish-lipped actors. Like, Don Knotts was a big one, which I'm pretty sure is why they made him a fish in that movie. Uh, That dude from Casablanca. Oh, yeah, Peter Lorre. Yeah, Peter Lorre. Totally. But I'm thinking, like, into the 80s and 90s, I mean, Michael Keaton as Batman, big, Mm -hmm. full Mick Jagger lips. Yep. And, you know, I thought he was great, and I like Mick Mick Jagger. Uh, I like uh, Michael Keaton quite a bit, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, big. And uh, John Delancey as Q. Yep. Another big-lipped actor. Big, pouty lips. Big-lipped alligator. Who's the lip guy now? That's what, it's like a title. It's like a title that's been passed down from Don Knotts to, you know, Michael Keaton. And I'm, I just, I don't know who the lip guy is now. That's a good question. I is don't it, pay enough attention to dudes' lips anymore. Well, why not? Not like when I was in high school. And I don't <laughs> have you, time for it anymore, man. Where you had pinups of dudes' lips in, in, inside your locker. Yeah, yeah. And a heart and like, uh, you know, MR plus Liam Neeson's lips. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know. who was Who was big when you were a kid? I don't know. It was I'm all Kirk Cameron's lips when I was a kid, but, you know. Oh, God. I don't know, man. Like Now he's got Jesus fish lips, and they're just, they're no good. I don't remember any of the actors that were big when I was a kid. Was Corey Haim? Corey Feldman? I guess it must have been. Corey, I don't, I can't name a, a third Corey. further on, it was like, I don't know, Ben Affleck? Hervé Villachez? Yeah, Hervé Villachez. <laughs> he's got some, li- well, he had some lips. May he yeah. rest in peace. Now he's got good lips in heaven. <laughs> Well, that's where your Lutheran lips go. Yep. And remember... Nailing dwarfs to doors. <laughs> Lutheran lips sink ships. <laughs> and we have a title! So you really don't remember who the fishy-lipped uh, oh, I don't were? Rem- I had a shit memory. I and I also didn't pay a whole lot of attention to celebrities when I was a kid. Did they have Teen Beat? Or... No, no, no. Teen... What was it? Tiger Beat. Teen Dream. Tiger Beat. See, shouldn't Tiger Beat be about, like... Those guys that, like, fight tigers? <laughs> no, that's tiger beaters. That's dumb and confusing. I know. Well, it I... certainly is dumb, Matt. It's like if you're a reporter and you're sent out in the field to India, you're on the uh, tiger beat. Oh, yeah. There. Could someone please tell me what the origin of the wor- of the phrase tiger beat is? That has always bugged me. And while we're at it, can we can we find out what uh, what the hell a Taco Bell is? Yeah. That one's been bothering me for a really long time. Well, I mean, I can understand the idea that a taco place might have a bell. Uh, no. You know, you ring the bell and that's when tacos arrive. But why wouldn't it be a taco whistle? Oh. Or a taco trumpet? I don't know. Like, when was Taco Bill? Taco Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, boys. I'm Taco Bill. Hey, y'all. I'm Taco <laughs> Bill. Owner of Taco Bell. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe it was a corruption of Taco Bill. He's so corrupt, <laughs> that guy. He's always taking bribes from uh, Tiger Beat. All right, you got to take my name off. Too many people know that I'm Taco Bill. <laughs> yes, and take my name off it, too. <laughs> Damn it, Alan Moore, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Sorry, Armas. Help, I'm turning into Armas. Oh, God. I think it's time to take a break now. <laughs> Join our fan club. We'll be right back. Yes. Sarcastic Voyage has embarked on a modest undertaking to chronicle the entirety of human history in sketch form. 
Join us as we uncover the mysteries of the past in our ongoing feature, which we call History. It's not as good as it used to be. The late 13th century. The dust was settling from the Crusades in the Middle East, and Western Europe found that it was still largely ignorant of the people that lay beyond. A pair of merchants, Niccolo and Mafio Polo, had made their way through much of Asia in the 1260s and returned to their native Venice in 1269. Two years later, they set off again, this time bringing Niccolo's 17-year-old son Marco along with them. Day 766. This place sucks. I was roped into this stupid voyage with the promise of griffins and unicorns and dragons. I saw some elephants, which were kind of cool the first couple times, I guess. But now they're just a smelly nuisance, and they won't shut up about how good their memories are. Yeah, we get it. We have to write stuff down. We also don't drop shits the size Come of... Come along, Marco. Dad, I hate it here. All my friends are joining the Crusades in North Africa without me. Oh, yes, and if your friends develop stigmata, would you do that too? Ah, why can't we go back to Venice? Now! Damn it, son. It took us two years to get here. We're going to meet my old friend Kubla Khan today. And tomorrow we're going to go looking for more spices. Oh, my God. Spices are so boring. All we ever do is look for spices. If these people had any spices, we wouldn't have to keep eating bowls of plain rice. I hate foreign food. Why can't we have any pizza? Well, it hasn't been invented yet. Look... I know these people's ways are strange, but we must... And we have to eat with sticks. Can't we show them how to invent the fork, at least? Stop saying that. It wasn't funny the first hundred times you said it. Uh, afternoon, guards. We're the polos. We have a two o'clock with the car. Remember on the boat when I wouldn't stop dangling my feet in the water and you threatened to turn the boat around and take me home? Is that offer still on the table? Be silent. Just stand here and pay attention. I hate it here. I think that point has been made abundantly clear, yes. Ah, oh, mighty Khan. Nicky Polo, you old so-and-so. It's good to see you again. Oh, and this must be young Marco. Hey, why don't you sound like you're from China? Why don't you sound like you're from Italy? Touché. Uh, this is quite the stately pleasure dome you built here. What do you call it? Xanadu. Oh, great. Now we are here in Xanadu. Quiet, Marco. Sorry, Great Khan. That has a nice ring to it. Don't it, Jess? Yeah, we're planning to build this whole giant zoo thing in the south wing. You know, birds of air, fish of sea, beasts of field and jungle, that kind of thing. Wow, that'll be the biggest private zoo since Noah. Ha! Who? He's, uh, uh, never mind. I'll, I'll leave you some literature. Marco, can you... Oh, uh, where's Marco? Uh, your uh, boy seems to have run off. Uh, should I send some guards, or... Ah, uh, jeez, he appears to have uh, found a swimming pool. I'm so embarrassed. Let me go and get him, and we'll just go. That's fine, boys. It'll be boys. You go and get him, and I'll waive the mandatory beheading. But just this once, you old rascal. Thanks, KK. I owe you one. Jesus. Swimming pool? This is like an inland ocean. Where the hell is that boy? Marco! Polo! 
Don't you just love Christmas? I can't wait. Christmas trees, presents, succulent turkey, trying to guess what your gift is and what they'll think of yours, and then wondering if this will be the year you finally eat everything. Hmm, it's too soon for Christmas. But it's only November. In the year 860 BC, November hasn't even been invented yet. Okay, class. Your exam will consist of a series of word problems. <laughs> Problem one. Cindy has four cupcakes, each more delicious than the last. If I were to switch cupcakes two and four, how delicious would cupcake three be? Problem two. If Mike D has more rhymes than Adrock and MCA has more rhymes than Phyllis Diller, how many rhymes will Adrock have by the break of break of dawn? Welcome to the Noonday Artist Spotlight. Good noon to you. I'm acclaimed public radio personality Glenn Irons. This noon, we'll be looking at a number of upcoming music releases from a variety of musical artists, both well-known and obscure. First up is Femandatory Duality, an album of duets from noted feminist artists Liam Amethyst and Tamsin Goatsbody. When the label asked us to record this album of duets... Forced us. I was so excited. I mean, Liam and I are doing such similar work in the alternate acoustics genre. I was looking forward to sharing a studio space with her and bring together our sounds. The label said in no uncertain terms that we were the only two artists in the chick rock section and that we needed to pad out our numbers with our own work. I don't know what chick rock is, but I've been releasing at least four albums a year of it since 2006. Yes, she has. Anyways, they pressured us into making this album of duets. My busy travel schedule meant that I couldn't pull myself away from my gig in East St. Louis to join her in the studio, which is all the way in St. Louis. So she sent in a tape, and then we put in my part over the top. It's like a mashup. I thought we should call it Mashy Peas. Me and Liam, man. BFFs. Yes, I believe that really comes across in the music. You can't have my ovaries because they are my ovaries. You can't have my mushy peas because they are my mushy peas. You can't have my ham and cheese because it is my ham and cheese. And you can't have my ovaries. You can't have my ovaries. Well, that was delightful. There have been a lot of Beatles cover bands since the Fab Four disbanded in 1970, but our next act, Eleanor Ringby, brings a unique sound to the table. Well, I've been in a Beatles cover band, uh, Polythene and the Pams, for a few years now, and we gradually lost members until I was the only one left. So I held auditions. And it turns out only three other lads showed up. Me and two other guys who did Dead on Ringos. Right. And then we thought, good, this is something nobody's ever done before. I'm quite fond of what these lads are doing. I've gotten so close to them over the last few years. But you might call me the fifth Ringo. Yeah, that's all Mr. Starkey. We don't know why he keeps coming around. We don't want anything to do with him. Next, we shine our spotlight on a young man making a new kind of music. Apparently, urban musicians are melding heavy percussion with rhythmic speaking and bare-bones musical accompaniment. First, we're hearing of this on the Noonday Artist Spotlight, but we're all about exploring new media here. 
Yeah, so I've been doing the new metal thing since 98, yo. And I was really excited to finally hook up with my homeboy, Ray P, you know? Give me some of that sweet street cred. He told me he had all the lyrics wrote out and everything, but then I found out... Yo, then he found out I'd found the Lord. I guess I should have said something or something before we got into the studio, but you know, sometimes I like to let his light sneak up behind the homie and like smother him in his all-embracing warmth and shit. Yeah, so I guess I'm on the hook to do this record now. And we ain't cutting any new jams either. I guess Ray wants to redo one of his classics with God or whatever. I don't know, man. Hey, yo, Frank, it's cool, man. Hey, you heard the good news, yo? Mm? He is risen, G. Ah! Uh. Uh, turn the headphones up. I can't hear nothing, yo. Turn the headphones up. Yo, done. Seriously, I can't hear the beat. Okay, there it goes. All right, all right, hold up. Here we go. Got a damn on her knees, y'all. She don't play. Wrap the rips around the song till I prayed all day. Shut my tooth on her face, y'all. Yo, you know it's so good. Spread the word of the Lord to everyone in my hood. Cut the book from the car, y'all. Yo, you know what it is on. Preach a sucker till the break of dawn. Uh, put my love at your skull, y'all. Just like this. Six verses in your head. Pop, pop, I don't miss. Come up. We was chilling in church and gazing up at the Lord's son. My homie fell down and started speaking in tongues. He said, Mother Rum, Shalom, Mother Rum, Shalom, Mother Rum, Shalom, 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 We're going to take you out with our final act. Be sure to catch our This American Tragedy segment, It's Okay to Lie as Long as You Make People Feel Guilty About Conditions in Third World Countries, tonight at 7. This is me, Glenn Irons, wishing you a good noon. Now here's N plus S and their producer, Mr. Mustache Charlie. Oh, sure. I made the occasional misstep in my career, most recently by accidentally, single-handedly causing the subprime mortgage crisis. Sorry about that. But this venture's the most low-risk, surefire thing I've ever been involved with. I mean, boy bands are always hot, right? There's no way I can lose with this. through a lot of these. Just stop, drop, and roll. There you go. Everything's gonna be fine. So the evil wizard fought some, I don't know, some fucking orcs or trolls. Wait, are they the same thing? No, they are not the same thing. <sighs> fine. He fought some dwarves, which are definitely the same. Shut up, Matt. Using his staff of fighting, he magicked them away, where there would be no orc at all. The end. Well, that's still only the third worst fantasy story I've ever heard. Hey you, what are you doing? Shit, you said there was no one at home. Are you taking the DVD player? Look, sorry, I... What are you, idiots? There's a flat screen TV right there. Uh, why? We're not going to be able to get that out of here. You youngsters, no gumption of backbone, that's your problem. Why, in my day, we'd have taken it to the sofa in the fireplace for good measure. I remember when me and the boys <laughs> stole fire from the gods. I tell you, they weren't half pissed about that. The old guy's insane. I'm getting the hell out of here. Ah, <sighs> Dad, why do you have to do this every time I bring someone back here? The first thing you've got to know about climbing is... Never talk about Climb Club! What? It's from a movie, Fight Club. Oh, you kids and your references. I'm 36, I'm older than you. 
Ah, that's in human years. I measure my life in mountain years. Mountain years? Don't be silly. Mountains don't have ears. Well, except for Kilimanjaro. I told you before, Sandra, you can't keep climbing my building. I have a restraining order. Those don't count above sea level. I'm not paying for this, right? Now, you both understand the rules, right? Ten paces, turn, and fire. Uh, so if I shoot him dead, my honor is defended and this dispute is settled? Well, yes. And you'll also go to prison for life. What? 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 Oh, you know, legal mumbo-jumbo from the nanny state. Apparently there's a law which states that murdering another human being is illegal. Think they passed it somewhere around the dawn of civilization. And now the adventures of Nick and Willikins. I must say, this breakfast feast is quite scrumptious. This beef wellington wouldn't be any better if it were made from Wellington himself. Indeed, and you can really taste the Yorkshire in this Yorkshire pudding. Lord Nicholas, your servants are to be commended for this extraordinary meal. What, Willikins? He does all right, I suppose. But he makes proper food, not his rubbish. Surely you're mistaken, Lord Nicholas. Mr. Willikins is your butler, not your cook. That's right. And stop calling me Lord Nicholas, sisters. It's just Nick. Well, Lord Nick. No, no, just Nick, like Shakira. And like her, my hips don't lie. <clears throat> Right. Oh, merciful heavens! Sir, a gentleman does not discuss his undiscussables in mixed company. There is an appropriate venue for that sort of talk, and that venue involves the wanton consumption of cigars, brandy, and as a rare treat, a type of snuff made from pressed truffles, what we call truffle stuff. Terribly sorry, sir. Mums. Master Nick is new to all this. I do hope this sort of hoi polloi is not the man you intend for me to marry, Papa. I should say not. Well then say not if you should. Willikins, I ate this. This food is terrible. These people are terrible. I wanted you to make this new dish what I just thought of, which involves melting down several Twixes and Kit Kats in our special sweets foundry, and then pouring this resulting glop over a loaf of bread like so much creamery butter. And then I want to bung it down at Lou. And I want to wear my grubby clothes. This bloody tuxedo is horrible. Ah, that's better. Good Lord. A gentleman does not act in this way. I'm sure he doesn't, but I does. This is all rubbish. This is Nick Hall, which is named after me. Nick, the bloke what lives here. I want to abuse Willikins, invent ridiculous food items, watch some telly, and then only destroy several rooms at random to keep Willikins busy so that I can then abuse him further for not tidying it up fast enough. All the society and culture is so Boring! And cricket is boring, too. Now, you see here, we we didn't even mention cricket. Oh, you were going to. It's all about cricket with you lot. And bloody monocles. I have a whole case of monocles in one of my many attics that I don't even know what to do with. Sometimes I smash them and they leave the broken glass in Willikins' room just to keep him on his toes. You see? That's a pune or play on words. That's fun. Not this nonsense. Well, then you can rule out marrying my beautiful daughter on account of the fact that you shan't be doing it. Good day to you, sir. And I mean that in the most passively aggressive English way, which is to say that I hope you have a very bad day indeed. Sir, we can't go on like this. If you want a male heir, you're going to have to learn how to act in polite society. Some of the more unconventional opinions may be excused due to the substantial amount of noble inbreeding a bit lower down on your family tree. 
but I'm afraid people draw the line at you literally tearing off your clothes. Really, sir, this nude phase of yours. But I like living like this. What's the point of being rich and powerful if you can't act like a total twit? (sighs) We're going to have to take drastic measures. I'm sending you away to... Good Great Aunt Petunia. Oh, good, I like her. Now, I'm going to show you how a gentleman acts. You're not a gentleman. No, but I learned a lot of them in my day. Biblically, I mean. In both houses of sexual congress, if you take my meaning. Now, you listen to me. Oh, what was that? Your first lesson. If we're finally going to run this place like a proper English estate, the first thing you need to remember is that the old ladies are in charge of everything. What about all this male air business? I thought only men could... Ah! What was that for? That was me asserting my power with my bloody cane. Now, repeat after me. A precipitation in Cornwall falls primarily in Sussex. The precipitation in Cornwall falls... Wrong! Now, try it again. These crumpets are delightful, Your Majesty. Won't you please pass the gooseberry jam, Prince William? There's a good chap. Crack it work, my lad. And it only took you four months. Now, Mr. Wilkins has somehow convinced the conspires to return to the hall for a new banquet. This is your chance to marry that rich twat and secure your future. Off you go, then. There's a good lad. Farewell, sweet good great-aunt Petunia. Your good great advice has truly set me on the path towards being a proper gentleman at long last. What a bother. That's just to remind you of lesson one. Off you go. Ah, it's good to have you back, sir. If you would please take your place. Yes, at the head of the table, I know. Thank you, Willikins. Hello, Lord and Lady Cuntspire, and sweet Beatrice. I do apologise for my behaviour earlier, and for my lateness. Well, you do at least seem to have learnt the proper attire for the occasion. And your manner of speaking is vastly improved. Indeed, sir. Well done, good great-aunt Petunia must remember to send her the customary bouquet of boiled sweets and herring. Now run along, Willikins, there's a good chap. What's going on here? Oh, it's horrible, Mr. Willikins. They're arresting my Nigel. Nigel the footman? Yes, sir. And he's also my fiancé. Good heavens, how scandalous. And now the police are taking him away? Yes, on the word of that horrible man over there. Hello, Er... Wait, you're not Errol. You! Yeah, hi, Jeeves. That's right, officers. I saw him buggering a lorry and nicking the loo. He's a bad man. Take him away. Nigel, no! Come along, sir. Abigail, wait for me, my dear. We'll sort this out. That seems unlikely, sir. You realise we're taking you to the village guillotine now? To be hanged by the neck until we sort out how the guillotine works. Well, that's no good. Nigel! Yeah, that's a damn shame. This is a disaster. I must tend to Master Nick. Abigail, please do try to keep a stiff upper lip until I return, and you... I'm going back into my booth. My booth. We'll deal with you later. And that's why I believe the Porsche would be better served working in the coal mines, you see. It's all frightfully simple, and in the end it really benefits the entire estate financially, but with the crippling injuries and irreparable lung damage. Oh, bravo, sir. Good show indeed. What the devil? 
Furthermore, it's about time we noblemen removed our velvet gloves and gave those so-called working classes a taste of our iron fists. What a delightful notion. What the hell is going on? And when Beatrice and I are wed, we shall assert our feudal control over collective estate, the way the good Lord British White Jesus intended. Oh, Lord Nicholas, I will. Yes, I will be your wife. Good Lord, sir, your clothing has acquired considerably more ruffles. Lord Cunspire has suddenly produced a top hat of some kind, and I appear to be wearing white gloves. I'm sorry, servant. What was your name again? Never mind, it's not important. Was there something you wanted? Are you people even capable of wanting? Do you think they have real human feelings like we do? Uh, terribly sorry, sir. I should be off now. Yes, see that you are. I fear that Master Nick has become so incredibly upper class and so completely English that the entire estate has been transported to... You there! Boy! What royal epoch is this? Why, it's the Victorian era, sir, presided over by Her Majestic Majesty Queen Victoria in this, the year of our English Lord White Jesus, 1884. Are you going to eat those gloves, sir? Victorian era? Well, fuck. Has Nick Hall truly been spirited away into the heyday of the mighty British Empire? Will he actually marry Lady Beatrice Cunspire? What the hell is a monocle for, anyway? Ah, who cares? I'm back in my booth, and these two can go bung themselves down the loo for all I care. And we're back! And this week we have brought a friend with us, and that friend is... Bob. Oh, hi. I didn't see you come in. <laughs> well, we're sneaky like that. Yeah, we came in through the window. <laughs> yes, the uh, bathroom window. The bathroom window. Which is weird because really? your bathroom Did I leave that unlocked? Yeah, apparently so. Oh. Well, I mean, there was a piece of wood in there holding it closed, but, you know, we knocked it out of the way. It's not really a window. It's kind of more of a hatch that goes to the attic. It's well, an inlet. Wait, it goes to the attic? Mm -hmm. So, wait, I don't remember climbing a ladder to get to the... Wow. Why is there a hatch that leads from your bathroom to your attic? I don't remember anything about crawling into Bob's house. This is It was all a mystery to me, like a weird sort of blackout. Uh... Oh, we must have entered a fugue state. Yes. Are you sure it was my house? <laughs> I mean, honestly, this could be anyone's house. Well, I did see Ann B. Davis walking toward me. Does does Ann B. Davis live with you? Ann B. Dextrous? No. You know, Alice the Maid from TV's The Brady Bunch? Oh, of course. Hmm. Th that doesn't ring Wait, any bells, huh? Who is Alice on Alice? Uh, that would be Linda Levin. Well, that's confusing and stupid. <laughs> well, television is like that, Matt. I guess. Well, it was in the 70s. Thankfully, we've we've streamlined television and everything makes sense now. Yes. Now it's, Thank, thanks. it's just hers oh. and his, or yep. his and his, or hers and hers, but not hers and hers and his. No. And theirs. <laughs> Although I, I am still waiting for the promised sequel, Three's Company 2. <laughs> <laughs> we've been promised that from the beginning and it never happened. It, it didn't? I don't think well, so. Well, they've been waiting for you, oh. so maybe it's your fault. Well, that's true. They have been waiting for me. No, we got the Ropers, and we got Three's a Crowd, but we never got Three's Company 2. Mm. Oh, right. Or maybe it's like a math equation, Three's uh, Company in parentheses, Two. Wait, no, if Three's <laughs> Company mm -hmm. and Two's a Crowd. So it's uh, actually squared. Then one is the loneliest number. Right. There we go. That you'll ever do. So if you're having sex... I'm not doing any numbers. Do numbers. Who told you that? <laughs> Our math uh, teacher. 
Actually, we never took math. We apparently together. had a math fetish. Nate Silver. Yes. What? Nate Silver. Yes, Nate Silver. Private Eye. Shell Silverstein. <laughs> so we got some mail here from actually oh. from the listeners this time. It was, the well ah. was a bit dry, but uh, people Sweet. are stepping up. So, actually, this first one is the best. I remember Matt a few episodes ago, um, and usually this is where I say no. Uh-huh. Um, we said keep those cards and letters coming, and we specifically said you should send us cards and letters. Oh yeah, uh, Marissa actually did. No shit. Whoa. There was a card that came to my house, and it was around my birthday. I thought it was a birthday card, but it was actually a card for the show, which is even like better. So much better. A physical, actual. Yes, object. I have it, and I'll scan it in for the show notes. But right now, Maybe I have it happens. pinned to my to my board above my computer because it's so fantastic. Huh. Handwritten question. So, and it goes like this. Dear Al, Matt, and guest, I was recently growing out my eyebrows in preparation for a waxing when I got a compliment for having a natural look from a stranger. I skipped the wax and let them go feral, and I've yet to hear commentary from my husband. So my question, do guys actually care about things like eyebrows and makeup and whatnot? Do the hours of effort put into our appearances simply go to waste because guys don't notice anything that's different? Should girls just aim for don't look like a hobo? Also, as my high school boyfriend who told me it looked like I have two caterpillars on my face, a bigger douche than I credit him for. XOXO, Marissa. Well, firstly, your high school boyfriend is definitely a douche. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. not a cool thing to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any kind of caterpillar-related uh, comment on your girlfriend is not going to get you laid. No. But I, I think uh, staying above the level of hoboage is probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Unless you're riding the rails, I don't think you're in danger of being a hobo. Like, you, you need the whole costume. You need the whole mindset. I think I think you're good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you're my, clear of hobo. My mm. only thing really goes to don't have a beard. Um, Even then, I mean, there are some hot bearded ladies. Really? Yeah. I mean, I see very few hot bearded ladies. Well, no, Canada outlawed those uh, sideshows years ago, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Well, they they had that band, right? The, um, the, the hot bearded ladies. ladies. Right. <laughs> Oh, God. Is that where you were going with that? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I cut that off. <laughs> and ended up making the joke myself anyway. You have a way of doing that. You, you managed to manipulate me into delivering the bad joke so it's not your fault. <laughs> uh, That's pretty impressive. I got to tell you. Yeah. If Matt could learn that trick, we'd be all... <laughs> As someone who's been trouble. forced to deliver many a bad joke myself... Oh, forced. Had to. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Jumping Look, on you the... can't keep them bottled up inside. That way leads to, I don't know, chest cancer. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that sounds like a, one of those really um, misinformed Victorian ideas about the human body. No, you oh, can't sure. leave bad jokes bottled up, or you'll get the humors. <laughs> well, oh God, exactly. that's, really? That's where that word comes from. Oh, yes. dude, it's the bad humors. Yep. That's bad. I know. That was right off the top of my head too. What do you think of that? I, I'm pretty impressed, actually. You know, though, really receiving this as an actual card was amazing. I I really wanted to go get a post office box for the show. That, yeah. <laughs> Based on this one thing we've ever received. I mean, that would be awesome to just get cards. Yeah, yeah. cards and letters. And then mm-hmm. people can send you bombs and stuff. Oh, listen. If I got a package that was ticking, I would be so excited. <laughs> Free clock! Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, really, though, and, and any of the uh, the rest of you, if you want to send, you know, if you're in Canada, you want to send it to Matt because, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be easier mm-hmm. for you. You want to send it to me, that's fine. Um, We will give our addresses not on the show, but one on one, we'll totally tell you where to send it, and we would love to to get your cards and letters and yeah, packages. Please. And there's no bombs. Uh, I'm and not gonna. I'm not gonna make that call. And don't send us your entries for America's Funniest Home Videos. Well, you know, if you want to send me a VHS tape of something that you intend for Bob Saget to see, I'm okay with that too. 
Will you provide the uh, hilarious commentary? Of course I will. That dirty, dirty Bob Saget. Oh, here comes this guy again. <laughs> I keep hearing that he's so dirty, but all I can think of is Full House. Yeah, that's what a lot of people think. He was in that aristocrat's uh, movie. Oh, yeah, he was. And, yeah, he was. Both of those things that you guys said over top of each other was true. Sorry about that. I got to tell you, man, a defining time in my life was seeing the dad from Full House asking if I if I had ever sucked dick for crack. I suppose that's true. Wow. Yeah. So, have you? I mean, not recently. Oh. <laughs> well, he oh, wouldn't right. admit it to Bob Saget. Yeah. Look, if I'm going to tell it to any uh, to any TV dad, it's going to be the one from Growing Pains. Alan Thicke, of course. Alan's yeah, there you go. Local Canadian legend Alan Thicke. Didn't he is, – is this an urban legend or did he actually write the theme songs for a bunch of sitcoms? Uh, he did indeed write a bunch sitcoms. of theme songs for a bunch of sitcoms in the 80s. Huh. I don't think he wrote that one. He should have. been waiting for you. Really, that so one wrote so itself. It's fault that we don't have Three's Company too. Oh, man. Mm. We should start a petition. We should send cards and letters to Alan Thicke. Yes. Totally. We should, a- no, we should go on the White House petition site and add it there. Oh, God. Is there, yes. a White, is there a White House petition site that Internet people are abusing for their stupid agendas? Yes. We need to use that. <laughs> Dear Mr. President, congratulations on your reelection. Bring back Firefly. <laughs> right. All we have to do, I think, is get like 30,000 signatures, and then we can get a presidential <laughs> response. All we have to – well – the way this show works, we just have to get 30,000 uh, – we have to get flunked to click it 30,000 times. <laughs> Honestly, I'm shocked that the president hasn't brought back Firefly already. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He's a big nerd. Mm-hmm. Well, we can only – the second term is usually when that kind of stuff happens. That's now. the Firefly term? Yeah. That, I mean, that's when uh, that's when President Clinton brought back um, Farscape. <sighs> Fucking Farscape. <laughs> There, there have been people that I know who have, have said, oh, I, I watched that recently, and it was much better than I remembered it being. Does that mean it's good or just better than I, they remembered? I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of afraid to go back into it. I just remember there was, like, uh, some something, like a guy with, like, stringy leather. <laughs> sure, well, stringy leather guy. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. And a British chick. She was hot. Look, look the only thing worse than Farscape is Lex. <laughs> with two X's. No, yeah. there's worse thing than Lex, and that's Cleopatra 2525. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's your sliding scale of science fiction. Yep. <laughs> the thing is, we recently recorded our crossover with the Drunken Time Travel guys, um, which should be posting not too long from now. Yeah. And because we were talking about the two sort of titans of, of modern sci-fi, we were talking about Star Trek and Doctor Who, we, we kept bringing up Farscape, Stargate. Like all those, you know, all the second tier ones. <laughs> Gatescape. <laughs> In very disparaging tones. <laughs> Space 1999. And then about halfway through, English Gav just sort of meekly speaks up and says, I like most of those shows. <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. And it's just, it, it, we all collectively go, of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, next question comes from Ted Bigsby, and he says, why is putting cl- putting on clothes from the fresh... Eh. Sorry, Ted. Why is putting on Thank clothes you. fresh from the dryer so amazing? Even as an adult, I find this a delight. It is a delight, isn't it? Yeah. It's uh, it's warm. It's yeah. warm and it smells good. It reminds us of the womb, where all our clothes are warm and refreshing. It's like getting a big naked hug. Is it? Uh, are your clothes made of human flesh? <laughs> I, that, no. <laughs> Not anymore? <laughs> Your tone well, indicates that that's wrong, so that's I guess... Not there's anymore. no follow-up to this question? Oh. 
I don't know what kind of Goodwill stores you got up in Canada, but... Uh, the best kind. Apparently. You gotta have some serious Goodwill to donate your skin. Well, Canada was built on fur trapping, and if you're running out of beavers and moose, I guess you gotta go human. We are definitely running out of beavers and moose. (laughs) (laughs) Buy some long pig pelts. (laughs) Anytime I can work in a long pig reference, I'm happy. (laughs) I don't know, Bob, you got any any, uh, Uh... specific insight to this, or just warm clothes are nice? I, I I think it's it's a rare treat because it's I mean usually you know you get up in the morning and you pull your cold clothes out of your refrigerator in your bedroom and <laughs> sure. put them on and it's, your, your you know, bedroom refrigerator like you have yeah yeah and so you know getting something warm out of the uh, toasty oven of a dryer you mm-hmm. know it's uh it's uh I don't know a little special makes you feel dryer. good about yourself makes you want to kind of you know maybe treat yourself a little nicer get a some sort of pampering uh you know face wrap. Thing. Buy yourself a new comb. Oh, you mean like you mean like one of those um, when you lie in a barber's chair and a dude holds a straight razor to your throat and that's supposed to be like a really great thing? Yeah. Yeah. Something like exactly. that? Yep. And then he like suffocates you with a towel. Yeah, I, that sounds really mm-hmm. soothing to me. Very, very hot, like yeah. boiling yeah, water towel. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are great. Yeah. No, see, my clothes are delivered to me through a series of pneumatic tubes and they're actually quite warm. <laughs> Yeah, but you don't know why they're warm. That's the that's the sad part. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to figure that out. I mean, you you live in the uh, the Great North. Up I there. do. Uh, so in know, the Northwest Territory, if the pneumatic tubes go outside, you would think they would be pretty cold. Is it like a geothermal heat? You get uh, your clothes fresh from hell. No, it's a dry heat. Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Alpha pants are delivered through the Hollow Earth. Yep, by Hollow Man. <laughs> <laughs> hollow Man. <laughs> I still don't know where that comes from. <laughs> Next question comes from Scott Zioko. Oh. oh, he's brought back the uh, Choose Your Own Adventure. Ooh. Very well. Uh, long-time listeners may remember Scott likes writing in every show and giving us a new series of uh, choices. Uh, before we start this, I'd like to say, you know, how we change guests every time. Mm-hmm. I, whatever choices Bob makes will affect the next guest because we're going to keep them on the path that Bob starts. And then hmm. the following guest is going to have to continue with that guy's choice and so on. Uh, so, so I have a great, great power and great rust. Great rusty venture. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, Peter, with great power comes great rusty venture. <laughs> What's a rusty venture? Well, let me get on the Shut phone up. and find out. <laughs> so he says, you are frolicking in a bright green meadow speckled with dots of little yellow flowers. When a strange old man in dirty brown robes and a long white beard approaches you. From the folds of his robe, he produces an ordinary-looking sword and offers it to you. Do you, A, accept the sword and begin your adventure, taking a temporary retirement from frolicking? B, decline the sword and go back to your frolicking, oblivious to any incoming danger that might be headed your way. C, attempt to strike up a conversation with the old man, because old dudes offering weaponry to complete strangers have to be awesome. Or D, accept the sword, strike down the old man, and begin your crazy homicidal frolicking spree. It's a good spree. <laughs> Bob, you're the guest, so I think uh, politeness would dictate that mm. Matt should go first. All right. I'm going to go with C, because it's unexpected. What, that you're just going to talk to the old man? Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. in fairness, you're not on a bus. You're frolicking in a field. That's true. So. Still, in real life, I don't like to be approached by old people, even in fields. Hmm. Yeah, but he does have a sword. That's true. Although it is ordinary looking. 
I like I like Scott's multiple adjectives. Like every noun has two adjectives to go with it. Yep, an ordinary looking sword. <laughs> Bright green meadow, little yellow flowers, strange old man. Dirty brown robes. Yeah, everything's it's like I think he was he had started doing the national novel writing month and that is the trick to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For every noun at least two adjectives. <laughs> Got to make that word count. Uh, Bob, and also you... ask people to write what your next paragraph is. Oh God, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ask Yahoo Answers. What oh. should I write? What should I write for my? Uh, oh, was there was that in there? No, I wish. Because <laughs> I we you know we were delving in a bit doing research. I didn't see any of those, but I'd, I'd like to devils. think they're in there. Oh boy, are we? <laughs> well, we got it. We got one more listener question after this one, and then we'll then we'll attempt to continue solving the internet's problems. Hooray! Uh, but Bob, what do you what do you choose? What adventure do you choose? Uh, I I think well, I'd accept this sword, mm-hmm. um, sword, 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 sword. sword. Um, <laughs> sword, and uh, but only on the condition that I could also have his dirty brown robes. Really. Um, so the, the, I guess, mm, I think I, I want it to be A, I want him to give his robes willingly, but it might have to be D if, <laughs> if, uh, if I have to take them by force. That's fair. I would be, if I had those robes, I would be inclined to sing Dirty Brown Robes to the tune of Little Brown Jug. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha ha. He he. <laughs> Dirty Brown Robes. I love thee. I don't, I don't know the tune. Uh, it's, can, you, can you sing a little bit for us now? No. Ha uh, <laughs> It's one of those traditional songs like uh, Camptown Races or uh, Ba Ba Black doodah. Sheep. Has a lot of doodahs in it. Singing in the Dead of Night. Yeah, or uh, or the Haunting Ave Maria. <laughs> Karaoke. Or Happy Birthday. No. Great. Now we got to pay those two old ladies. Thank you, Matt. Hate those two old ladies. Well, I usually try to choose something that the others didn't choose, just so we can see where all the things branch. So I guess that leaves me with B. Decline the sword and go back to your frolicking, which I really didn't want to pick because I'm not a frolicker, you guys. You're definitely not a frolicker. I've known you a long time. I do not. Yeah. Well, Bob's known me even longer, and uh, yes. I think he yeah. can attest to that. No, no. I do not. No frolicker I. But <laughs> you know what? This is this is an adventure. This is a role play. So what the hell? I will pray, play the role of a frolicker. <laughs> Let me frolic the, the, the fuck out of this field. The frolicker's advocate. Yes. at least as good as your warlock tiefling. Oh, God. <laughs> so our next question comes from Adrian, and it starts TWIMC, and I don't know what that means. Twimk. Twimk. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I assume it's an acronym because they're all in caps, but it's it, you know something like "How are you? I'm fine," but I don't know what this actually stands the for. The wizards, I might c- c- cross. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm going to assume it's the wizards I might cross. The wizards I might cross on a recent edition of our show. <laughs> our show, H O U R. On a recent of, edition of Our Show, Al used the phrase synonym dictionary as something magical and not a joke. This leads me to two thoughts. One, Al does realize these things exist, right? It's called a thesaurus, which I assume is Latin for the lizard. <laughs> two, I wish there was a cinnamon dictionary. That would be delicious. Thanks for the free entertainment. I don't remember this, but I assume that I must have said synonym dictionary. Mm hmm. <laughs> Here's you know, a fun the, fact. I can't say Thethorith. Really? No. Well, try. I just did. Thethorith. I know, but I want to keep hearing you. Like, I want to... I like to experience your repeated failure. Say the Thesaurus. Ah, good enough. I'll fix it in post. Pizza <laughs> three times fast. Pizza, pizza, pizza. Oh, all right. What are you, some kind of little Caesar? No. <laughs> 
I don't know if I've graduated up to Little Caesar yet. <laughs> you know what movie movie I was reminded of the other day? What movie were you removed of? Removed of. Time Rider, The Invention of Lyle Swan. Okay. Wait, no, excuse me, The Adventure of Lyle Swan. Is that with the car that has one? the lights that go near, near, near? Nope. The, it's the a story as old as time where a man rides his dirt bike into the past and has sex with his great-great-grandmother. Huh? It's a particularly notable movie because the title is The Adventure of Lyle Swan. Like, he only ever had one. Like The Adventure of Remo Williams? Or Did he only have begins. one? Yeah, see? Remo, exactly. yeah. Every other movie implies that adventures will continue or whatever, but no, just one. He had one well, adventure. It's like, no, he had one adventure, and then he went back to a life of drudgery. Yep. He's his own great-great-grandfather. The end. Like most people. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that, but that was – I even wrote down this answer for Adrian's question. Talk about Time Rider, the adventure of Lyle Swan. What? So, huh. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Listen, I go into a fugu state when uh, when these questions come in, and I just write down what comes in my head. Wasn't love? there a, like a, a song? It was like one of those parody songs that was called Synonym Girl. Could a while be. Back? I don't I know. Be surprised. Doctor I mean, Demento. Yeah, we listened to a lot of Doctor Demento. I'm sure there was that. Mm. Like, um, there was that parody of Stevie Wonder's part-time lover called Apartheid Lover. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't recall that one, but yeah, that's clever. These songs just write themselves, basically. That mm. must be the only explanation because I can't imagine who would actually write them. <laughs> All right, now it is time to solve the Internet's problems. Yes, it's solve the Internet's problems time. I love doing this. We've experimented with a lot of things on the show. Some of it's worked, some of it hasn't, but I love doing this. People are just so in need of our help. Yes, and we want to help. We do. Yes. Uh, so this one says, how much is a TV from the mid to late 70s worth now, if anything? And it's in the shed for 10 years. What happens if I uh, plug it in my house? Will it blow a fuse? Thanks on advance, guys. Is your house also from the 1970s? Yeah, I mean, if your house know. is also from the 1970s and is not from England, you should be fine. I, yeah, it's, the compatibility should be okay. See, 1970s is advanced for my house. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. I recently discovered that my ungrounded outlets all lead to one single breaker. Oh, this, this That's house. convenient. <laughs> yes. Also, your house was built in the Depression. Yeah, it was. But I think a 1970s TV would be much less of a fire hazard in this death trap than most of our modern stuff. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? I'll give you a six-pack of Billy beer for it. Wow. What? What? What is Billy beer? <laughs> really? You don't know? Okay, this is great. I don't. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's it's obscure. I You don't necessarily, like, it's is not. Is it like Natty Bow? You don't have to know about Billy Beer, but yeah, you should. It's, it's not one of those things like, how do you not know about this? It's just one of those weird things. Um, back in the Carter administration, around the time you and I were born, yep. Um, uh, Jimmy Carter had one of those embarrassing siblings like presidents sometimes have. Uh-huh. Like, Billy, uh, like Billy George Clinton? Uh, yes, like George Plimpton. <laughs> <laughs> and his video falconry. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, George George Clinton with the saxophone. Yeah, the funkab funkadelic. Uh, yes, right. Um, no, Bill was proud of him. Oh, actually, I think uh, I think George was ashamed of his brother. Come to think of it, I can't believe he only made president. <laughs> is that what is that what uh, funk legend George Clinton sounds like to you, Matt? Yep. Yes. All right. Um, no, I think Bill Clinton nice actually had. A woman. I, <laughs> 
I think Bill Clinton actually had Roger Clinton, but that, a few presidents have had just like these. Oh, go away! Just you're kind of uh, they're you're, less successful younger brother. Yes, like Jim Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Pre- President Jimmy Carter had uh, Billy Billy Carter, and to capitalize off his almost non-existent negligible success uh, fame, being mm. the president's brother, he made his own beer, his own line of beer huh. called Billy Beer. I did not know. It is. Wouldn't, it is. Uh, maybe Carter Beer have made it a little more. Uh, you would think. I mean, because his last name was Carter, right? Yeah, which yeah. is the same as the president. Right. And then was like Billy Billy. <laughs> was he afraid his brother was going to sue him for the name? Well, no, he would send he would send the revenuers after him probably, because the president <laughs> commands the revenuers, right? Well, Listen, he's after. making this in some backwoods still. Yeah, it's like a moonshine thing. The, the original stuff is in like a jug with the X's on it. <laughs> and then he pours it into beer cans. No, my dad had a six pack of this, assuming it would be a collector's item. Well, I mean, of oh. course, your dad, your dad had it. Isn't Jimmy Carter your grandmother? Well, she was. <laughs> May she rest in peace. <laughs> that is a deep callback. Wow. I think my grandmother was still alive when I made that joke the first time. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so here's a question Why don't men's briefs come in cup sizes? I have a lot of trouble finding men's briefs. I have big testicles. I'm not bragging. I'm the first person to say I have a small penis, but I do have big balls. Well, congratulations to you. My balls are the size of kiwis. The oh, bird? Dear. That looks sounds like something you should get looked into. No, New Zealanders. <laughs> oh, man. The thing, that's, the thing that sucks is that you can't try a pair of underwear on before you buy it. Yeah, that does <laughs> suck. I've often thought that. Most of the time, I'll buy a pair of briefs, realize there's not enough fabric for the front of my balls. <laughs> I guess this wouldn't be a problem if I wore boxers, but I hate boxers. I like having support down there. Things would be so much easier if briefs had cup sizes. That way, I would know if a pair of briefs has enough fabric on the front for me or not. Why don't men's briefs come in cup sizes? <laughs> I just want to say it took a lot of chutzpah to ask this question. <laughs> I feel like if if men's briefs came in cup sizes, no one would ever own a well-fitting pair of underwear again. You think? Yeah, because everyone would buy extra large. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? You think they should just let this guy try underwear out in the store? That seems. I I think they should just let this Uh, guy uh, try on underwear in the store. Yeah, and then burn them. (laughs) Sure. No, they just put them back on the shelf, like you do with shirts or pants or whatever. Uh, Ah, I don't know. There's there's more of a a risk of uh, some sort of social disease on the underpants. I say we let him if he if he promises to keep his junk clean. Yeah, see, they'd be so stretched out by his enormous balls. That's true. That cloth wouldn't even touch you after that, right? <laughs> I assume that's how we make large underwear. We put a guy with giant testicles into a pair of regular size underwear until they're stretched out enough. That makes total sense to me, as long as there's absolutely no follow-up to this. Yep. <laughs> I'm done. All right. Uh, anyone know what book I'm thinking of? It's one I read as yes. a kid. Oh, all right. Oh. It's one I read as a kid, so probably out in the 80s or 90s. It's a bunch of kids who were sent off to this camp thing just to discover they have been sent there to be killed by parents, guardians, etc. for not being good enough. Any ideas? Oh. Uh, yes, that sounds like the plot to every other Goosebumps novel. <laughs> See, I'm oh. pretty sure all books from everyone's childhood are either Where the Sidewalk Ends by Shel Silverstein or The Boxcar Children. Mm. What is I know. I, I don't know what the, that is. The Boxcar Children. Ow! <laughs> well, then you must have read the other one. Oh, yes. what did you What did you just do? Uh, I hit my microphone with my ring. Oh, see, in in the theater of my mind that my my ears created, 
Uh, I assume you banged your head against a uh, an old-timey radiator. <laughs> See, I thought you bumped his head on the boom mic that I assume he has set up. Well, yeah, probably. you got me. I, I did hit my head on the radiator. I was just trying to cover it up. <laughs> rolling, out, rolling out of your Murphy bed. <laughs> Can't let these people know I have a radiator. You managed to dodge the single light bulb hanging from a string from the <laughs> ceiling. Yep. But then you smashed into the radiator. Yep. Sorry about that. No, that's all right. Um, the only thing I think of when I think of radiators now is people tied to them. Well, yeah, that's what they're for. Yeah, you tie people to a radiator. That's why you only see them in, like, uh, you know, private eye movies, because they have to chase down the villain who's done that. Right, or Breaking Bad. They're like the railroad tracks of the 30s. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hobos used to ride the radiators. <laughs> <laughs> With, like, one of those big uh, seesaw things that you could pump. <laughs> God, those things. So the last time I saw a radiator was when the uh, we had the uh, hurricane, mm-hmm. and uh, there's uh, there was somebody took video of like the f- entire front face of this building just collapsed and fell off, and you got to see like perfectly formed little rooms inside, and there were radiators that were next to the front wall that had not fallen. That is out. so embarrassing. That's like somebody pulling down your pants and you seeing like heart boxers. They're, they're like radi- oh my god, radiators. Yeah. God, jeez, cover yourself. <laughs> Shameful. Uh, oh, Matt, those those seesaw <laughs> railroad things. I'm pretty sure those only exist for comedy. I don't think those are actually a real thing. I think no, I mean, other actually than do no it. way for Wiley e. Coyote to get around. I right, can't exactly. imagine anyone using it. No, Bob, you you say that they're real, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I know you're kind of a train enthusiast. You got there's yeah. two things we know about you. You got an old train you like to fix up. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. I assumed. I assumed they were just they just existed for slapstick people to, you know, get away. No, with. I think it was something that they'd only used during the depression when, ah. you know, they had to they just like they lost the rest of the trains so <laughs> while they're wearing well, their barrels. FDR created those to uh, to keep the company to keep the country working. Well, yes. we used to have a lot of trains, but we had to sell them, so now we got these. <laughs> Uh, let's see. The next one is from Answer Bag. I don't know that's a thing, but I definitely got to dip into Answer Bag. <laughs> it's t- it's too bad this is already taken. It would have been a good uh, it would have been a good title for this. Yeah, there, there seem to be some really uh, interesting. This one, Jesus, there. light switch wired with one light, or excuse me, light switch wired with light to indicate usage of attic fan. Want to eliminate the light? Two yellow, one white, one blue. That's all what? one sentence with no period. You want me to read it again? Uh, n- no. Lights with wired with Maybe. light to indicate usage of attic fan want to eliminate the light to yellow, one white, one blue. There's more. Or perhaps if we press forward, things will become more clear. <laughs> Switch was wired so that the light indicated usage of the attic fan. I want to eliminate the light. I am left with four wires, two yellow, one white, one blue. The switch originally had wires running for the light between the two switches, back and forth between the switches and the light. I want to install a switch with just two switches and eliminate the light. I think this attic fan oh. might be a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. If you want to mail it to me, that's fine. <laughs> so, Al, there's an attic here for you. Oh, awesome. Why are there three? I'm so confused. I think he had two switches, and now he wants to eliminate a switch and end up with two switches. Y- yes. Okay. He's got so... 99 problems, and two switches are two of them. <laughs> So the the two yellow, those are 
those are um, there are two of them, so th- those are okay. And there's one white and one blue, so right. usually I think it's the blue wire that you want to cut. I thought the red wire was the one that you always wanted. Yeah, to but cut. there is no red wire here, so right. Okay, so you should get some paint and paint blue. One yellow wires red. No, no, no. Blue cut is it. blue is the red of blue. Okay, so I think you're okay there. <laughs> Oh, no, but that doesn't make sense because dogs can't see blue, and then how would they how would they cut bombs? Exactly, those well, bomb dogs. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I gotta see something. Man, now I want to. I've been working on a film pitch, and I've been missing a, a valuable element of it. I think bomb dogs. I think a that's title. It. Yes. Bomb dogs. No, no, a concept. Really, all I had oh. was a title page, and it was blank. So what I had was a piece of paper. Did you walk into any into any film studio in Hollywood and say bomb dogs? Bomb dogs, yeah. They will mm-hmm. hire you on the spot. Three picture deal. I don't know that why sounds they, like a valuable property. I don't know why they call them three picture. Who the hell still calls them pictures? Yeah, we're going to make you. this picture, kid. Hey. <laughs> uh, this one comes from the Ask Me Help Desk. All right. The Acme Help Desk? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wiley Coyote just wrote it on one of those railroad car things. <laughs> And drop this off on a, on a giant sign. Oh, yeah. It is from someone labeled Super Genius. <laughs> when I was younger, I saw that movie about two sisters and their mother who just got divorced. Uh, the older sister had brown hair and she owned a book of shadows or something. <laughs> she was reading it for the whole time. The three, if them, then went to the seaside and there was an old witch living there. I don't remember anything else except those sisters got lost in the sea and that witch found them because the older sister was singing some sort of witch song to get help. <laughs> Anyone knows what movie I'm talking about? Giant smiley face? Yeah, giant smiley face. I hope face. That, that witch song was Witchy Woman. <laughs> Could be. That's how you That's how you summon a witch. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound like Witches of Eastwick. That's the only witch no. movie I know. No. I, all I remember about that movie is they talked about Jack Nicholson's penis being curved the wrong way. Yeah. Oh, well, good. Was but, it The Witches? I'm pretty sure every movie from everyone's childhood is either Savannah Smiles or The Last Starfighter. <laughs> what about... Oh, you keep saying no. things that I don't know. What about where the sidewalk ends? <laughs> no! Or as I was about to call it, Last House on the Left. <laughs> what? <laughs> which was definitely a movie from my childhood. That's okay. Uh, I used to always confuse Flowers for Algernon and Flowers in the Attic. <laughs> which one is oh, wait, about Wait, a, wait, wait, wait. Hmm? Escape to Witch Mountain. Is that it? No, because yeah, that doesn't actually have witches in it. I don't no? know. No, Escape to Witch Mountain had aliens in it. Oh, oh, so it did. They were aliens that were going to Witch Mountain. They weren't witches going to Alien Mountain. That's stupid. <laughs> that doesn't make a lick of sense. <laughs> um, brought along their magic cat. <laughs> the one that their magic bag. I'm not they, sure. They brought along that darn cat because all those Disney movies sort of connected together. Right, the yeah. magic cat that's with Gary Seven, right? Yes. Right. And then they drove away with the computer that wore tennis shoes. Right. Mm. In in Herbie the Love Bug. Yes. <laughs> now we've got it. All of these shows, all of these movies have been remade in the last five years, by the way. Yeah, I know, and they're not connected anymore. Uh, this one says, is diabetes contagious? I shook hands with someone with diabetes, and then I started really craving soda afterwards. Have I caught diabetes? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you have. This, this is someone, some real person in the world <laughs> went to the computer and typed this in and hoped someone would, would help them with this. I personally think you can only catch diabetes by using a toilet seat after Wilford Brimley. <laughs> or, or oatmeal. Something about oatmeal. Well, that is the right thing to do. Happiness. And the, the tasty, tasty way to do, way to do it. it. <laughs> That's why that movie, Do the Right Thing, was about eating oatmeal. Mm. Diabetes the right thing? Yes. Diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I think that's about all we have the time for. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. We're going to stop talking now. This installment of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast featured Ron Algarwatt and Matt Robotham with Duncan Bosco, Mark Bosco, Terry Drozdak, Joe Keenley, Kimberly Lajeunesse, Chris Page, Amanda Smith, and Sabrina Snyder. It was written by Ron Algarwatt with Gav Brown and Matt Robotham. Visit SarcasticVoyage.com for show notes, alternate file formats, and related merchandise. Listener feedback can be sent to podcast at algar.com or to the show's voicemail, 206-973-3982. The Sarcastic Voyage Podcast is a trademark of Algar Productions, copyright 2012. Benefit, me a normal, is Richard. Bonvolo a Sante Lapodis, Dan Loshani, is this Rano M. Abedeo? 